and welcome to Literary Merit, the show where we tell you what media has value. Spoiler alert, it's all media. I should start over. <laughs> no, don't. Keep going. <laughs> also spoiler alert, we'll be discussing spoilers as usual. Here's your warning. I'm Ashley. <laughs> I'm Alex. And we're here. <laughs> and we're getting Hugo. Barely. We're barely Hugo. This is Hugo light today. Yeah, well, you know. It's 2.30 in the afternoon. I didn't really want tea right now. Yeah, I uh, just cracked open a, a, a Polar. Uh-huh. Uh, it's, a, it's a cherry seltzer. We're, it's we're... not my favorite one, but I don't want to use up all my favorite ones. Oh, <laughs> right. You've got your special ones to, that you've hidden in your car. Ration. Yeah. I used up all those, but oh. I, ha- I only have a couple more of my favorite ones. Oh, the raspberry ones. The raspberry lime. Okay. Well, what's... It, it tastes like blue raspberry icy a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. I think if you were to say that to most people, they would laugh in your face. But but, but as somebody who's not currently <laughs> imbibing in soda, right? It, it's enough for me. It's enough. Okay, well, what candle are we burning at least, Alex? We're burning. It's from Target. Oh, everything's from Target. <laughs> it's probably Opal House. I don't want to lift it up since it's already lit. I don't remember the sm- smell. But it, I got it when we first moved in. It's in like a retro 50s-esque glass teal cup um, <laughs> thing it's really cute it's really cute and it smells very like fresh it, it's usually in my bathroom but i brought it down for our hugo moment yeah it's very fresh it's nice yeah i like it i like it yeah that's as hugo as we're getting right now we, we also, got blankets we got blankets the, the usuals yeah we're just always the under usual these customers when we're at home <laughs> we're under these blankets it's just so chilly down here it's a cold season <laughs> also we have a frog friend outside oh yes yeah, so if you hear him i don't know if you'll be able to it might be too far away but yes. we can hear him and he, we love him he's a mere five feet away yeah he's just on the other side of our wall and we he sounds tell. like a like a, a raspy cat yeah, there's a lot of frogs around here because of that big swamp. Yeah, we got a big old pond with a fountain. Uh-huh. So the frogs all come yeah, out. Yeah, if we lived on the other side of the little loop, it oh, would be I like bet. crickets and frogs all night long. All night. Of... Yeah, remember the frog that tried to get in the house <laughs> last spring? Vaguely, it, yes. We had the door open and we were. it was when we were like doing some painting. Yeah. We were first getting into painting minis and... You were like, no, no, frog, <laughs> as he was trying to run in the house. They're great. They're cute. All right. Five Minute Masters. Yeah. Let's do that. So my Five Minute Masters is a little bit of knowledge and a little bit of recommendation. So I literally 11, uh, so right after work on my way to get lunch, I started a new podcast that I had seen on Twitter called Under Understood. Hmm. And from what I, 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 I gather... They get requests and they also find other things. It's basically our weird things that we talk about for 5-Minute Masters, but it's a whole podcast. Love it. So the episode I started listening to is the, it looks like their newest one. I haven't finished it, so I won't have a spoiler. Okay. (laughs) This is uh, their episode about Smurf Butt. Smurf Butt. So they had a listener uh, ask them if they had heard about the phenomenon where pregnant women... Turn their toilet seats blue. What? So she and other others have experienced a phenomenon where when they were pregnant, their toilet seats miraculously turned blue, like a light blue. That is not something people talk about. That is not one that they warn you about. <laughs> yes, exactly. And that's why that's why it seems so like strange and mythic is because they don't... Who's going to like feel comfortable telling, telling their doctor or let alone anybody they know? Right. It's just... And if they do tell their doctor or anyone they know, they're like, you're crazy. You're pregnant. Like, you know? <laughs> Which is great. Super So cool. it just reinforces itself. Yeah. Okay. Tell me about this. So they were discussing it and they do like a preliminary, like, what are your theories before we do any diving in and asking people? And they're like, hormones? <laughs> yeah. I'm wh- and the yeah. other theory um, that they debunked pretty quickly was like, pregnancy maternity genes oh yeah that's weird <laughs> and they're think it's not like the skin turning the toilet seat blue because it's something skin, on the skin yeah because the skin's not turning blue right otherwise there'd be a bigger issue happening and people would probably be talking about it right it would be more evidenced that that was happening yes so again i haven't finished it so i have don't they don't have a definitive answer because it's such a weird new thing that there's right. not like studies yet but um what they were gathering and when they were talking to a an expert 
um, is that it probably has something to do with, I don't remember the exact term, but it's like this uh, phenomenon that happens in some people when your uh, skin, when you sweat, it uh, produces colored sweat. Hmm. And that has to do with hormonal changes. It has to do with um, uh, stuff in your cells. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can be any color. More commonly, it's yellow, but blue can happen. And so they were just sort of delving into, you know, why... Oh, and then they were also talking about how pregnant women, their um, metabolism goes through the roof because they are growing a person. Yeah. And so their body temperature goes through the roof. So they're sweating a lot more. That's a true one. So. Hmm. Yeah. So if there's something going on in your sweat, mm-hmm. you might start staining your toilet yeah. seat. And I, and I don't know enough about enamel and they'll probably go into that too, but most toilet seats are wood painted with enamel. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe enamel absorbs that whatever color sweat chemical yeah i'm curious if this mostly happens with that sort of toilet seat versus a plastic one right where the plastic one would be more resistant a little bit more but i i just didn't have enough time and Mm -hmm. i thought it was really interesting and now under understood um, we're gonna get some more fun facts from them and yeah it's they they sound fun it it sounds like a great podcast and what a bizarre and fascinating (laughs) phenomenon i know it's more people should know about this i guess Smirk butt. tell your tell your uh, representatives <laughs> okay well okay you've been building up to yours uh, yeah you, i know now. i've been leaving you in a lot of suspense so okay so <laughs> i am going to tell you the story of bisexual legend julie daubigny also known as Madame Le Maupin, or just La Maupin. Okay. Okay. So, she, as you might have guessed, was a French woman <laughs> uh, living in 17th century France. So, her father worked for the stables in Versailles. Okay. He was a lesser nobleman, and he was responsible for training and teaching the pages mm-hmm. of Versailles. And so Julie was raised in this environment, raised being brought up to, uh, you know, learning all the same things as the boys mm-hmm. of Versailles. So she learned dancing, she learned drawing, she learned fencing. Mm-hmm. And she was very good at fencing. <laughs> um... As a teen, she uh, became the lover of uh, the Comte d'Armanac. D'Armanac? My French is rusty. Um, And he ended up, because these were the things, this is what was done, getting her married to somebody else to sort of obfuscate their affair. But her husband left to work and she stayed. And dated. (laughs) Yeah, and dated this can't so because she was married at this point it sort of freed her from the constraints of you know societal expectations for young unmarried women Mm -hmm. um and she started having all kinds of fun Mm -hmm. various other affairs um she got involved with a fencing master and so the two of them were very fine swords people together (laughs) and they um they ended up in a little bit of trouble, legally speaking, um, and they they ran afoul of um, the Lieutenant General of Police, Nicolas Gabriel Reigny, who is the man behind the investigation of the affair of the poisons, which may be a future uh, Five Minute Masters, because that's a great story. But basically, they dis- they f- they fled the city together. And started putting on a traveling show where they would fence and also uh, sing. (laughs) So very exciting stuff. Um, They would, you know, perform at like taverns and tap rooms and things. And she would uh, wear men's clothing a lot of the time. Uh, It's unclear whether she did this to disguise her sex or if it was just 
part of the openly cross dressing. Oh, okay. More likely just openly cross dressing. Uh, she just was that sort of a person. Uh, she had that kind of flair. Um, <laughs> but but I, at least from what I've read, and details on her life are pretty scarce. I think that I think she she was showing off. I I don't think that she was trying to yeah. trying to fool anybody. I think she was trying to pass. Well, also if you're like, I feel like if you're trying to disguise yourself, you'd go an easier route. Right. <laughs> I mean, if you're trying to go around fencing, you probably want to wear men's clothing. But um, yeah, I don't. I don't think that she was like trying to pass as a boy. Yeah. I think that she she was just enjoying wearing men's clothing. Mm-hmm. It, it, there is a story, uh, potentially apocryphal, where she was, uh, you know, doing a, a fencing exhibition, and somebody th- shouted that they didn't think that she was really a woman. Because she was too good at sword fighting, so she took off her shirt. Yep, yep, yep. You know, that that old chestnut. <laughs> uh, but she ended up auditioning at the Music Academy of Pierre Gautier. Um, and though she wasn't classically trained, she had a very nice contralto voice. And she, uh, she began her professional singing career in Marseille. Uh, under the name of Mademoiselle Daubigny. Even though she was married, singers tended to go by Mademoiselle. She had an affair there. You know, she's just having lots of affairs and stuff. But she uh, she decided she got she got bored of boys. Mm-hmm. And she was going to um, date some girls for a while. Um, now, this, this, is, this is why she is a legend. Okay. <laughs> so, Julie met a young lady. And the two of them became very fond of one another. And this young lady's family did not like this. So they thought, well, we, we must do what any good parents would do when their daughter is misbehaving. We're going to put her in a convent. Mm-hmm. And so Julie thought, ha you fools. <laughs> I will go to this convent. <laughs> who, who are the only ones allowed to be yeah. nuns? Okay, but, but, but get this. Okay. Does okay. she be the... <laughs> Tell me. She, she goes to the convent. Uh-huh. She waits for a nun to die. <laughs> she just she ta- she digs up the nun's body, puts the body in her lover's room, and lights the room on fire. So instead of pretending to be a nun herself, she fakes her lover's death. And they run away together. <laughs> Incredible. Now they broke up. <laughs> Up. Well, it sounds like she might just... She's a little... She's a lot, actually. The thing with Julie is she's just a lot. She's a lot to She's handle. a whole lot of Julie. So, her girlfriend goes home. And her parents are like, What the fuck? You're not dead. And your girlfriend burned down a convent. Somebody needs to do something about this. So, they go to the legal court... Julie does not arrive. She She's on trial, but she doesn't show up. Surprise. In absentia, they convict her of, you know... Various um, things. Various grave robbing <laughs> and, uh, you know, misconduct. Arson. You know, homosexual misconduct. And, yeah, arson. Uh, and she is sentenced to be burned at the stake. Oh, I mean... So she can't go to Paris for a while. <laughs> Uh, so she, she travels around. She, yes, that was I her guess it is what, the 1600s? Yes. <laughs> this is during the reign of the Sun King Louis XIV, uh, just for historical context. So she's, you know, schlepping around France, singing, sword fighting, avoiding, the usual. Um, she, uh, now there's a couple of different versions of this other story. This is going on for a while, but it's just so fun. I want to take the time. Uh, so she, um, there's, there's two versions of this story. She's at a tavern. Either, um, a young man, uh, drunkenly starts sort of saying some lewd things to her. She takes offense, um, and challenges him to a duel. And her, this young man and his two friends agree to fight her. Either that happened or this young man um, irritates her without realizing that she is not a man. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she duels him. I think the first story is more likely. Either way, she fights these three young men. Kicks their butts. Kicks their butts. The, the, the offending young man, she runs clean through the shoulder... 
And he's like, oh, shit. Oh, God, my shoulder. And uh, she, you know, takes off. And then she's like, ah, shit. I really fucked that guy's shit up. That's not cool. I I feel kind of bad about how badly I wrecked his shop. So she goes in to check on him, uh, introduces herself, and they fall in love. Of course. (laughs) And begin a long, passionate affair. (laughs) Fall in love. Uh, So then she decides... That she wants to be an opera singer. Because <laughs> she can do whatever yeah, she wants yeah, to. Yeah. She's a triple threat. Um, she ends up being... I'm. There's so much story here. She ends up getting pardoned by Louis XIV himself. Wow. Yeah. Well, um, she's just so cool. Yeah. The thing. <laughs> He's like, you're really cool and you want to be an opera singer. And that's really kind of my jam. So... Yeah, go ahead. What her offense is like, like one of them was, well. She did some pretty bad shit, but she was young and in love. She was a teenager, you know? She, she was a teenager when yeah. she did all of this shit. Yeah. It was around age 20. Did anybody die in the fire? It's not. <laughs> reported. Reported one way or the other. Well, if not, then I don't think it's that bad. I mean, sure, the yeah. grave robbing is bad, but. Yeah, well, anyway, so a fr- a through a mutual friend, <laughs> she she ends up convincing the king to pardon her. Um, her death sentence is annulled, and she um, starts singing around the age of 20 at the Palais Royal and becomes a an opera sensation. <laughs> she kicks ass. She bangs all her co-stars, men and women. Uh-huh. Um, she often plays like warrior women and queens and things. She her first role is Athena, of course. <laughs> um, she plays. She que- basically is Athena incarnate. Yes, she plays Queen Dido. She does all of this stuff, and she's she's just extremely popular. There's a there's a story of this shitty tenor. <laughs> who also worked at the Paris Opera. Um, he was just a real boor and a rake, and he just wouldn't leave the women of the opera alone. So she challenged him to a duel. He refused out of cowardice. So she did the only thing that she could think. She kicked his ass and robbed him. <laughs> <laughs> she took his watch and snuff box, and then later when he was like, Three guys jumped me and stole my shit. She's like, you fucking loser. No, it was me. Here's your shit I stole as proof. (laughs) So that's pretty great. Um, Now she gets into some trouble at a royal ball. Um, She makes out with a girl very publicly. This girl's male suitors don't like it. She duels them. Wins. But see, the thing is, honor duels are actually illegal in France at this time, and to do such a thing is even more at a at a royal ball. Yeah. It's trouble. It's really trouble. Uh, now there there is some contention because the king's like, well, I mean, <laughs> it kind of seems technically legally that this law is only written to apply to men, so maybe. <laughs> And she's like, good enough for me, whoop! And she just pieces out. Uh, she just she just runs off, uh, goes to Brussels. Um, you know, becomes the mistress of Maximilian Emmanuel, elector of Bavaria, one of the German princes of the Holy Roman Empire, and governor of the Spanish Netherlands. You know, as you do. This is, a, this is like half a season of The Witcher. Isn't it the best story you've ever heard? Um, he ends up breaking up with her and tries to like pay her off, and she's like, fuck you, and doesn't take the money and leaves. Um, she reconciles with her husband. Fun. Uh-huh. And they live together until he dies. Um, and then she goes and, um... Parties more. <laughs> she, well, she, she goes back to the opera, uh, ends up retiring in 1705, and dies two years later at the age of 33. Wow. She did all of that. She did it all. She, she, ran she did out. everything. It's... I can't find a cause of death for her. I don't think anybody knows. She doesn't have a known grave. But um, one of the stories that I found said that she um, fell in love with a woman and 
when she died, when that woman died, she joined a convent for real and died in the convent. Mm -hmm. But I don't, it's not clear. Anyway. It's possible that date of death isn't. Like she might have died then. She might have. Yeah, that's. It's not. It's really unclear yeah. what happened to her at that point. But reportedly, she died at age thirty-three in Provence, uh, and she's my hero. <laughs> <laughs> so that's Julie Dauvigny, Le awesome. Maupin. Well, Alex, we We're didn't. Oh. Ooh, what happened to you? It was one of my little tasks. Oh, you thought a bug was on you? <laughs> False alarm, everyone. I was making a joke about how I think we're done because I'm tired, and then I freak myself out with my damn tassels on my tie blanket. Well, Alex, we didn't mean to do it, but we did it. We did it. We watched... We watched... I meant to do it. Dracula. I meant to do it. You meant to do it. I wanted I to do it. I mean... So... So this is... So what happened was... What happened was... The internet... Watched the first five minutes of Dracula and posted it everywhere. And there's a nun telling this guy or asking this guy if he had sexual. Yeah, it's Jonathan Harker. Did you have sexual intercourse with Count Dracula? And we're like, well, well, I mean. But then I thought, oh no, because I knew this was a Stephen Moffat thing, and yeah. he can't do that. For... He only teases you with it. He'll never actually go there. <sighs> okay. So here's the deal with Stephen Moffat's BBC Netflix joint production of Dracula. The first episode rules. I think we can say that definitively. Yeah. It's, the whole thing is exceptionally Stephen Moffat. But the first one is Stephen Moffat in the best of possible ways. You know, this is, this is what we want out of Moffat. And then it goes steadily downhill. I like the second episode. The second episode, okay. The second episode has some great stuff in it, but it's got the warning signs. Yeah. It's got it's it's got the real Moffity red flags. <laughs> and by the end of that episode, he's gone and done the thing. He's gone and done the thing. Okay. So it's Dracula. So there's a vampire. You know. And there's Dracula. a castle. And there's a guy staying there. There's a Jonathan Harker. And he's getting like sucked of his life force in his sleep. Yes. And that's all fairly standard, standard. Dracula. Mm -hmm. He's he's Dracula is slowly draining this man as he stays in his castle. Uh, and um now this I here's the thing. I like this Dracula fellow. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh I his name it's a Danish name and so I'm gonna butcher it, but I think it's Klaus Bang. Plus mm -hmm. Bung. And he's great. He's great. He's great. Well, I was a little unsure when I first saw like the promo images. I'm like, this guy? He looks like a dad. <laughs> but, you know, I thought about it. And it's like the most famous Dracula is uh, Bela Lugosi. Yeah. And he was middle-aged. Yeah. And he, this guy doesn't look too dissimilar. I'm like, yeah. okay, okay, okay. We've got the vibe. Mm -hmm. I get it. I get what you're going for. And he fucking sells it, man. Yeah. He does. Yeah. Okay, we just need to talk about the things that Occur. are... The, th the, the troubles. <laughs> the troubling things. The trials and tribulations okay. of the audience of Dracula. I feel that in some ways, Moffat has um, overcome some of his worst tendencies in that he took this character of Van Helsing and turned him into the a, best character the best in history. character in history. She's an awesome nun. She kicks ass. Um and Moffat has a real bad track record when it comes to female characters, especially in Sherlock. Mm -hmm. Um but, you know, similarly in Doctor Who where it's just like he, you know, he takes these really interesting concepts for female characters and just flushes them. Just right down the toilet. And he doesn't do that with Agatha. Until episode past the... Halfway through episode three. Where she just sort of disappears for a little bit. Well, I see, the thing is, I don't think that she's flushed. I think that she's used very well. I okay. think it's got kind of a lame ending, yeah. and we'll get there. Yeah. But I, I, don't think, I don't think that a disservice is done to Agatha as a character. Episode one and two, she's a great detective. She's the coolest she's the, person. She's the great mouse detective. <laughs> she's the great mouse detective. 
<laughs> she's incredible. She's spooky and smart. Her accent is hypnotizing. It's the best. I've never been so in love and she's, with a Dutch accent. And she's so not afraid of <laughs> Dracula. She's not afraid of anything. And she's so cool. And what's her name? Um, I can't think of her name and I'm sorry. Uh, but she fucking kills it she's so good she's just mesmerizing and so strong and they both they just have this power on screen oh yeah and her yeah her accent in on paper it's dorky right but it's like van helsing is from holland yeah so. and she's like it it's just so natural sounding even though it's not her real accent yeah she she does a very at least to my ear and it's not an accent i'm very familiar with but it yeah. sounds good mm-hmm. she's a vampire the vampire uh, she's so good um so that's great and i'm like wow moffat you've made some very cool choices here and the whole like showdown at the monastery showdown at the monastery mesmerizing very good um they did an interesting thing with jonathan harker where he dies <laughs> he just dies <laughs> well we don't see him die but dracula wears his skin yeah and it's not clear how that works but it's not important <laughs> i sort of assumed it's similar to the wolf that's what i'm thinking too yeah because um, i don't think he could have torn him apart and got in i right. think it's sort he of did, like it's not miraculous a, yeah ability. It's, it's he's doing magic it's, yeah. a, it's a vampire magic. he's occupying an animal's body yeah, sure. He's traveling via it. Yeah, and apparently that's how he do it. Um, Which I'm fine with. I'm fine with it. I'm fine. I'm not going to argue with his vampire powers. <laughs> it's fine. If anything, that's the most clear thing in yeah. the, in the it's show. It's totally fine. His vampire powers are fine. Uh, so... <sighs> how do we even approach it? I'm, tr- I'm trying, to, trying to find a way... So if you really want a recommendation of the show, stop at episode two. Yeah. I, that's how I feel. Yeah, you can just, you can pretend that episode three is a season of the show that never existed. Like, you know, it, it ends with kind of a weird cliffhanger at the end of episode two. And it's like, wow, it's too bad they didn't ever do anything yep. with that. Too bad it got canceled. Mmm, darn. I'm curious. Okay. It's, just a, it's just a two-part movie. It's just a two-part movie. It's just a three-hour movie. Yeah, with a weird cliffhanger ending. Weird cliffhanger ending. It's fine. Uh, or you can just stop, like, 10 minutes before the uh end of the episode uh and then there's not even one yeah then it's just oh they get they get to the place and he's dead yeah they did they succeeded they succeeded and the the new best friends survived to tell the story (laughs) but what actually happens yeah okay so let yeah let's just go over a brief chronology just to orient ourselves we don't need to we don't need to get into the minutiae but we can do the broad strokes Dracula wants to go to London. Yes, so, and this is this is traditional. So he calls a guy up. And he's like, hey, I need to buy a house in London, please. <laughs> so come stay with me. And so Jonathan Harker travels to Transylvania and is like, okay, let's do the paperwork. Anyway, he's I'm like, going to... stay with me. You will stay in my house and I will absorb <laughs> your Englishness. Yes. And so... Um, mostly traditional stuff. It gets, it's a little spookier, I'd say, you know, with him getting lost in the castle and Mm -hmm. all of that. That's all kind of new. The brides are a little more... There's just one. Well, there's assumedly more, but there's only, we only see one One, that is functioning. uh, One functional bride. There's a baby. There's a baby. Woo, that baby. (laughs) Yuck. Interesting, though. Yeah. And I want to get back to that, yeah. but let's keep going. Okay, Jonathan's like, oh, shit, this guy's a monster. I got to get out of here. Oh, shit, I'm dying. I literally don't have the energy. Also, I'm in love with him. A little. Well, he's just so sexy. He's just sexy. Um, and, and he's uh, dreaming about him, too. Yeah, well, and that's the interesting thing is, okay, this is... Are those dreams? Moffat. Moffat. Moffat! <laughs> okay, because here's the thing. Clearly, Dracula's super into seducing people. He mm-hmm. loves to do it. Now, he does it in service of eating them. Yeah. But it's a very sexual thing, and that's always been the case. Yeah. It's always been the case with Dracula. It's traditional Dracula. And he takes it a step further, where, you know, Jonathan's having a sexy dream about Mina, and then it turns into Dracula. Yeah. And it's, like, sexy and horrifying and queasy and invasive and he's all old and wrinkly yeah it's really unpleasant and then later on the ship he does a similar thing with that sailor where he appears to the sailor as that young yeah lady uh riven and then 
turns into Dracula, but he's like still straddling the guy. So yeah. that's a thing. Yeah. Um, and it's like this is what's going on. Yeah. But then of course, Moffat went and said, when people were like, "Hey, this upcoming Dracula thing you did, it looks pretty." shall we say, bisexual. Uh-huh. And he's like, oh no, here's the thing though. Dracula's not bisexual. He just wants to eat everybody. And it's like, well, I mean, yeah, but like it's very erotic. It's very erotic. Yeah. And I wish he plays you would... with his food. Yeah. And it's like, he, he's just trying to downplay it because yeah. he's Moffat and he's gotta. <sighs> Moffat. So Jonathan. Jonathan is, is tr- he wants about to, his... to leap to his death to escape. Yes. The top of the castle. Because he's turning in into yes. Because he's turning into a zombie, basically. Yeah, and I gotta say, I like this. Like they turn into sort of like undead zombie things if they don't turn into proper vampires. Yeah. That's a really cool concept. Yeah, it's really they, creepy yeah. and interesting, and I like that. And he's just got boxes of people. He's just got boxes of people who can't be dead. And it's really sad and and, creepy. And gross. It's really horrifying, like existentially horrifying. And it's a great choice. Um, And then they have a nice little fight on the roof where Dracula can't look at the sun. Yeah, and and the light flashes off of the crucifix on Jonathan's... So I have a theory about this. Yeah. Um, I don't have the evidence. (laughs) Okay, well, I did just rewatch the first two episodes. So there's something mentioned about how, like... The, the brightness of your loved one's face. And right. The, 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 well, so sort of. So that, that metaphor came from the widower who built the castle. Okay. And yes. he built it as like a monument to his lost love and the, the son that he would never behold again. Um, and it's a metaphor for his wife's face. But also for Dracula, it's like he's he literally loves and misses yeah, the sun. Yeah. But so we are shown the sun reflecting the crucifix and blinding Dracula. Yes. I personally, and just the way it was sort of shot, felt like it was the sun reflecting off of his affection for Jonathan. You think so? I think so. See, but I might be reading into it. I don't think he that, cares about Jonathan. I, yeah, no, I really don't. I don't think he cares about anybody except I mean, he's, he for toys Agatha. With him, he te- toys with him longer than most. Right. Well, but he also he's using yeah, Jonathan yeah. for that the duration of the the, and it's right there at the end where he becomes actually interested in Jonathan when Jonathan dies and then isn't dead. You know, becomes undead and is like a real fighter. And yeah. Dracula's like, oh. Maybe you could be my bride. My new bride. Like, this is unexpected. Because yeah. like, he hasn't figured out turning people into full vampires, really. Yeah. He hasn't quite figured it out. trying to propagate, and it's hard. <laughs> uh, yeah, and that's really what I wanted to get back to, this whole thing. I feel like that thread is dropped. The bride. The brides and the babies and the wanting to wanting to And we, we, we a little bit catch back up there, but it's just like a it, little... It just feels kind of like it peters out and goes nowhere. Yeah, it and just doesn't... with the ending, he's, like, so proud of her, and you're just like, dude. <laughs> yeah, it just, it seems like something he just, it's like, a lot is made of it for it not really coming to anything. Yeah. Um, You know, his whole thing with, like, talking to Lady Reuven, who's like, oh, we're gonna have babies. I'm sure that that is so boring to you. And he's like, actually, that sounds amazing. Like, he wants brides. He wants children. He wants to not be alone. Yeah. Um, But it just doesn't, it doesn't feel like it really goes anywhere but whatever for whatever reason dracula is fended off by this sunshine crucifix combination in time for jonathan to leap off the wall into the, into river. the river gets washed out to sea and is picked up by a fishing boat ends up in a convent where he's telling this story to sister agatha yes now he thinks he's just re- reciting he's just recounting his, tale. his tale that he had written yes but he he finds out it. after he finishes the story he just wrote like J- Jonathan Dracula in his book a bunch yeah. of times <laughs> Jonathan plus Dracula yeah he just <laughs> really loves Dracula um so the now the Moffaty thing of all of this is it's all a framed tale we open with Jonathan Harker in the convent and he is recounting this story so all of this is flashback in the story that he's telling to Agatha so intermittently we get but why did that happen? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. <laughs> what did you do? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's very Moffat. And that very happens Moffat. in... In episode two as well. But it's... But it's Dracula talking to Agatha. Also 
Yeah, we'll get there. Okay, so uh, yada yada yada. Dracula, Dracula arrives. He storms the convent. Storms a convent. Agatha's a the, bad ass. He gets to the gate. He pops out of a wolf. It's really awful. Uh, Agatha faces off. She's like, so why can't you come in? <laughs> it's great. He's like, ugh, invite me in. She's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, he won't, actually. Um, but anyway, he ends up getting in because of Jonathan. Mm-hmm. Rips apart everyone except for Mina uh, and Agatha. And then they uh, hide in a circle of, what's the first circle? The first circle is... Um, is it salt? No, it's sacramental bread. Yes, it's wafers. Yes. Uh, and But then Mina ends up inviting Dracula in because she thinks he's Jonathan. He's, he's hiding in Jonathan's face. Uh, and then he's, and it's then, really nasty. Tears the face off. And she's like, take, and then Agatha's Agatha, like, take me and save Mina. Yes, offers herself in exchange for Mina's life. Um, but why we don't Dra- find out that out until Yeah, I mean, episode. we sort of do. We get a moment of her being like, hey. Yeah. Anyway, uh, episode two opens with... A hospital? No. It opens with Dracula and Agatha talking. Okay. In a mysterious stone, stone chamber yeah. with a that chess looks board. similar to his castle, but it's, better lit. Yes, but different. it's sort of vibe, and you're kind of like... What is where this is place? this? Yeah, it doesn't look like London. What? Yeah, where are we? And Agatha's here, and I, I don't know. Oh no, it do, you're right. It does open with the hospital. That's and just less important. Piotr, we get some background on some of the people who are going to be on this boat. We see somebody who looks like to be afflicted with vampirism be murdered, or he, he's yeah. he's dead and they he's, kill him. Yeah, he's stake. vampired. They stake him. Yeah. Um, we get the we're introduced to the people who are going to be on the boat, and then Dracula and Agatha are having conversation. And metaphors about chess. And, and he's people. telling her the story of his travels on the ship, the Demeter. And it's a fun Agatha Christie style. Yep. And then there were none murder mystery, except we know who's <laughs> doing it. And we get to see it happening. Yes. Uh, and then we find out that all of this chess it's not room. Being, and it's not being told. It's like current. Yes, because turns out Agatha's actually on in sort boat. of a vampire coma on the boat. And somehow, it's they're playing, unclear. They're playing dream, dream chess. It's in her dreams. It's in her coma dreams. <laughs> and they're actually still on the boat. Yeah. Uh, and, and then she manages to get the other people in the boat on her side and catch a scheme to defeat Dracula on the boat. And then... The defeat Dracula on the boat. And then that's the end. <laughs> yep. And then that's the end. Yes, and you can turn it off. Thing. You can turn, turn it off right off. there. There's no end credits. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. He does a Moffat. And he, he need time jumps. 200 years. Dracula wakes up in present day. And there she is. Agatha's great, great, great niece. Who looks, is the same actress. Same actress. There's and a helicopter. there's a whole thing with some big shady organization that was founded by fucking Mina. And it literally is inconsequential. It's in fucking consequential. They build this fucking cool Dracula safe room where you can go in and talk to him because they tilt the su- they like have they the sunlight, sunlight come in so to- he can't attack you. And then they're and like, then a lawyer okay. shows up. I just and who's the lawyer? Renfield, played by Mark Gaddis. Mark Gaddis is a fucking bespectacled lawyer who's like, well, actually, you, you keep- can't keep somebody <laughs> against their will, even if they're Dracula and I'm a slave of Dracula. <laughs> like, really, he's been our client for hundreds of years. Oh, it's bad. It's, it's funny, it's, but it's not good. Yeah. It, uh, yeah, all this. Like, okay. just when you're like, okay, they're gonna, they're gonna research his blood, and this cute new guy who's, like, having girl problems, he's gonna, like, something's gonna happen, and he's gonna be the new bride, and it's like, no, none of that Nothing. Shit. Okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Okay, we, so we get the backstory that it's like, oh, this organization has been in, in place for, like, 200 years, and finally this Dracula's here. Uh, okay, they found him. Yeah. They found the box and with the Dracula, and he bites off the lady's finger in the video. And then they're like, well, better seal him up and just let him wake up in his own time. Why don't they just take the box and put it in prison? Like, why do they wait for him? And then immediately, immediately upon him coming out, they're like, we got guns. And he's like, 
In the bats. In the bats and runs and it's like you guys had two. After he murders, doesn't he murder somebody yes. on that beach first? Yes, he does. And then they had two hundred years to plan this, and they just let him get away. Yeah. He had two hundred years to plan this. Their plan is wait for him to walk out of the sea and point guns at him. You guys, why? Why? And, and then and then. Let a lawyer just steal him from your secret... Secret science base. <laughs> I don't understand. The, why are they so bad at this? And it's because Mark... Or Mark Gaddis and... and, and Mark Gaddis is to blame as well. He yeah, co- he, he co-created Mark Gaddis and Stephen Moffat don't give a shit about stories that make any kind of sense. And that's why Sherlock's bad. And it's the same shit. It's the same shit again. And it's it's exactly the same shit as Jekyll. I was getting hard Jekyll vibes from this whole last episode. And it's like, why do you want to do this to us, Steven? So it would have been really interesting if they had kept him in that place and done, like, cool stuff about, like, trying to figure out immortality for humans mm-hmm. using his blood. And he's slowly feeding off all of their test subjects. And they're all, like, that would have been cool and interesting. That could have saved the time jump. But then it's like, nope, he just goes out and finds a girlfriend. Yeah, because guess what? We've transplanted the Lucy Westernraw story to modern day. And we've got a modern Lucy with her modern cowboy she's gonna get married to. And she's... She's a nihilist, and she hates everything, or she's just like... Yeah, like, that was, that was so- somewhat of an interesting take on Lucy, was that she's like, she's this gorgeous party girl who inside just feels dead, and she just wants something to so happen to her. So she's obsessed with, vamp- with Dracula, because he's... Dead. Yeah, and so, like, that was sort of an interesting angle, especially because the whole thing with Lucy in the book was it's like, oh, she's sort of a dangerous figure because she's this very desirable woman who's being courted by three men. And then, you know, there's metaphors with like, you know, when she's dying, they like give her blood transfusions and it's like, oh, she's exchanging fluids with three dudes. That's kind of scary. And then when she dies, she comes back and she's like eating children. And it's like, oh man, she's like, an unattached woman who's like, fuck kids. And it's like, it's yeah. a scary thing for that time. But that's not really a thing anymore. Yeah. Like, we're not as afraid of unattached women who don't want to have kids. So we have to do something else with Lucy. You have to be afraid of so giving nuns a- possessing their... Yeah, exactly. Their, their, their uh, descendants. Descendants. Yes. And <laughs> defeating Dracula. It's great. We love it. But um, not even defeating, just like... Owning? Owning? She She just owns Dracula. She owns his ass. Uh, You've been owned, Dracula. But so they have to find some other angle for Lucy. And the millennial angst is... It's okay. I I didn't love it, but... It's a choice. Honestly, part of it was just she's not a great actress. I just didn't care about him trying to woo Well, because it's like... This feels just like out of nowhere. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't feel like a part of anything. If yeah, it's like suddenly disconnected. Like this is the 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 small connection of him and the bride angle is like, oh, she could be his bride, mm-hmm. but then he kind of like f- ruins her. I mean, it's her fault, but the whole cremation. God, that's stupid. Uh, okay, <laughs> uh, but part of it is it. They took something that was connected to the yeah. main story and just like pulled it out and took it out of its context because yeah. it's like yeah. and also took it out of the context of the show they were currently creating because it's all left field that whole nothing last in, the, in the last episode connects to itself yeah. at all okay here's what i'm gonna say something occurred to me while okay. watching it that i was like oh i see the metaphor they're they're when they're playing chess in uh-huh. episode two and she's like oh, this pawn could make it across the board. I don't have to lose. I could make this pawn into a a second queen. Yeah. That's a metaphor. The first queen is Agatha. Uh The second queen is Zoe, her descendant. So Uh this is a second chance to come back and win the chess game. Yeah. It's an okay metaphor that I didn't catch the first time. And I'm like, okay, at least you sort of foreshadowed it. You, you've you got a metaphor working here. I don't like the modern day stories stuff, but it's not as sort of wild as it appeared the first time I watched it. There's some justification. At least it follows sort of a... A thread. A thread. Even There's a thread there. Even if it's just a single thread. <laughs> yes. Yes. 
So. The visuals. Agatha has a theory that Dracula just needs therapy and is actually not allergic to any religious symbology. And it's true. Turns out. some. Turns oh. out he's just God. guilty. He just He's just afraid of death and a war deserter. <laughs> yep, he's just a coward. And I don't. It's fine. I don't. It just, it feels so like, like. <laughs> it feels so like the build up to like, she figured it out. And it's like, oh, it's literally nothing. Okay. <laughs> it's just, oh, he has some disorder. Yeah. He's just like. He's just has. A big baby. He's just like. Yeah. It just, it feels so anticlimactic. And then right after that, he's like, well, guess I'll die then. And he chooses. And, and he drinks her blood. Her cancer blood. Which is deadly to him. Yes. And just she decides, he's like, oh, wow, we've had a real breakthrough in therapy today. Guess I'll die. Also, remember that whole, the beginning of that third episode, that whole foray into that random woman's house and the guy in the fridge? Yeah. I Nonsense. Think, yeah, it is. It's really a lot of preamble for literally nothing, and I'm getting flashbacks to Sherlock. The only good thing about that, that part is when he's like, you live in a palace. Yeah, is it? It's like a middle class home. Yeah, she's like lower, lower fairly middle class, poor. But it has a lot of room and there's, you It's know, warm and... And you have modern, modern technology. Modern yeah. And he's like, this, it, like, I have known kings who did not live so richly. <laughs> and it's, and it's, here's the thing. And this is, this is, this is, he did this in Sherlock too. And it, it's just like, he just writes these pointless scenes for the main character to run around showing off his brain personality not even brain because here's the thing sherlock is never actually shown to do anything smart in the entire show he does everything smart off screen he just you know there are scenes that are written specifically for sherlock to just be an asshole and then we move on with the story Mm -hmm. and that's what that was was just dracula getting to you know be snooty and and intimidating and charming and and then the story can happen after we get that out of the way and it's just, it's it's the Stephen Moffat special. Uh, but I was getting super duper Jekyll vibes because if you're not familiar with Jekyll, it's not, it's not one that really caught on in the U.S. I just ended up stumbling across it. It's an earlier series that Stephen Moffat helmed, which is sort of a retelling of Jekyll and Hyde in modern day, starring... Um, Oh, I can't think of his name. It's well, not Well, just don't let Moffat touch modern day. Because yeah. the two episodes that are in the past, they're, fun. they're great. Yeah, they're fun. It's campy. It's silly. It's gross. It's good. Yeah. It's a good time. Um, yeah, so it's like this, and it, it had promise. Like, the first episode's pretty good. Mm-hmm. And I used to really like it, but I've since, you know, refined my palate a little. Uh, this guy, Dr. Jackman, who's found that he has this very severe second personality that takes over and he's trying to figure out why this is happening to him and he's a scientist and, you know, he's having a Jekyll and Hyde, but he's not sure why. Um, and then it turns out he's actually a descendant of a real life Dr. Jekyll. And Jekyll and Hyde is a book that exists in this world, and it was true. It's just nonsensical. Um, but I was getting these vibes of, like, because it's like, oh, and then there's a big shady organization who's, like, experimenting on him and making clones, and it's like, I, I don't know what these... These guys are trying to get Dracula's blood in Dracula. They're like doing shady science stuff with Dracula. And it's like, you already did that with Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And it's like, what's the next one he's going to do? Because he already did Dr. Jekyll. He did Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, I guess he's got to do Frankenstein next. Oops. Oh, don't. (laughs) Don't. I mean, are there any others? Any of the other classic... Uh, dark literature from specifically he, like the that, United Kingdom, yeah. Because um, Dracula was written by an Irishman, but he was a monarchist who believed that Ireland should be under the rule oh, of the he, British. Oh, he could do um, so. Dorian Gray. He's basically making his own he's, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen piece by piece. <laughs> yeah, just what's the next fucking prestigious? He's making he's making the Dark Universe himself. 
Stephen, no. <laughs> Stephen, no. But you know that he's. it's now a pattern. Yeah. You know? If this... Three establishes a pattern. If this three-episode miniseries... Because let's be honest, each episode's an hour and a half long of yes. Dracula. In the, in the vein of Sherlock. Yeah. If there's another season, which I hope Wait, there not, can't be. There... He's dead. There can't be. It's Dracula. There can't. <laughs> I mean, like, that's the one thing that I appreciated about the ending was that it was an ending. Hopefully. It definitely functioned as an ending. It, it is, by all appearances, an yeah. ending. And that, at least, is something. Steven. <laughs> one consolation. One consolation. Just, like, what a... What a... Okay, here's the thing. And this is... I'm starting to feel that this is a me thing. Apparently, they were trying to establish some sort of romantic sexual tension between Dracula and Agatha. Nah. There's well, none there. I don't see it. No. But it, but in the end, they're like tangled up nude together on a bed in the middle of the sun, which is the stupidest fucking visual metaphor I've ever seen. But like... I, was, I decided to go and read some reviews, and people were talking about this being, like, an element where there's this tension. And it's no. like, no, she fucking hates him. She's fascinated by him. Yeah. And he's fascinated by her. And maybe he's a little, like, in his way, you know, the way he is with his brides, kind of like... They're both sexy, but they're sexy separately. Sexy separately, right? So it's like, was he going for that? Was he trying to do that? Because at the end, it is like, and then the two of them slip off into death together, nude on a bed. And it's like, and I did not, that shot was really disconcerting to me. And so that's why it felt very jarring. Because I was mm -hmm. like, I don't feel like this was coming mm -hmm. at any time. They have a different sort of chemistry. But, I, but in practice, yes. But did Moffat, was Moffat intending oh, no. something oh, else? Oh no, does yeah. he not know it? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> I kind of feel like he, like, in retrospect, was he going for sexual tension between them? <laughs> I, hope, I don't like it. He didn't try, and that was what he got. Yeah, but, like, I'm feeling, because it's like, I feel the same way about Ray and Kylo Ren, where it's just like, you know, yeah, maybe he's kind of drawn to her, but for her, it's like, not that. But everybody fucking ships them. So I'm like, am I the problem? <laughs> Did I miss something? Is, am I... Well, and then we get we get uh, um, Finn and Poe, and the creators are like, oh, no, there's nothing there. And then you're like, there's something there. Yeah, but at least in the case of Rey and Kylo Ren, a lot of people ship it. A lot yeah. of people see that in it. And I was like, like we walked out of the well, theater. I mean, a lot of people want to. Yes. But, <laughs> like, for the second Star Wars uh film walking out of the theater somebody that i went with was like man i just they just got a bone already and i'm like what they they see one adam driver shirtless and they can't <laughs> yeah can't be tamed. i just like didn't get romantic vibes from that at all i get like a little bit of a little bit of a little bit but it's like for me it, they're it, too busy well to me it just seemed one-sided i i i don't know i Where feel it's like like baby he's kind of thinks that he's in love with her, but she's not in love with him. And I got the 100% same thing with Dracula. Mm. Where it's like, he's kind of like, hey, hey, hey. And she's like, no. <laughs> but, like, especially with the line when they're blowing up the ship in episode two. And now, th this could be confusing, <laughs> given the, the very big, I'm talking about Dracula here. Yeah. When they're blowing up the Demeter in episode two of Dracula. Uh, where she's, where he's like, realizes that she's been stalling and they're going down. He like grabs her and is like, as though he's gonna Clever like girl. attack her. And she says, "Go ahead. The last thing you see will be the contempt in my eyes." She's so good. She's the coolest. She's and so it's like, yeah, good. she fucking hates him. He's a monster, and she never forgets that for a moment. She's a monster hunting nun. She's my favorite, my absolute favorite. So I don't know, man. Like maybe in this case, it's just, but like other people saw it, and I just don't see it. No, it's not there. It's not there. Yuck. Yuck. And so, like, when he's, like... He has more, like... Again, probably just me reading into it. 
Yeah. But he has, like, way more going on with the male characters in this oh, show. Yeah, him and, and like little the, Lord Fauntleroy. <laughs> yeah, like, three of the guys on the ship. Yeah. And, uh, and Jonathan and, and that new kid. Like, even though they don't, he doesn't really interact with that new kid, but you feel like there's something building up to, like, yeah. he's the next Jonathan. Yeah, it's, but... Yeah. Okay. No, there is there's some real chemistry there in the scene when he's talking to Lady Ruthen on the deck of the ship, and he's mm-hmm. kind of seducing her, yeah. and she's like kind of into it. It's it's great. There's yeah. definitely some very good tension there. Enjoyable, fun, and and you know the chemistry is happening. Um, but no. But he wanted to like, he got the the gay boy to like turn. Yeah. He, like, <laughs> he he got this kid to shoot people for him. It was great. With with not even saying immortality, but implying. Yeah, he's just kind of giving him he's, looks. He's giving him looks, and this, this kid's like, this kid's he's, like, he's gonna make me immortal. We're gonna be in love forever, and I'm gonna be an amazing, beautiful vampire. And he's my daddy. He's like, no. <laughs> he's like, he's oh, like, sweetie. Oh. <laughs> he's like, I would never eat you. Oh, I'll, I'll eat you. I'll eat you, but I'm That's not gonna it. keep. I'm not gonna oh. give you That's my so, blood. That's not give so you my blood. Cute. Oh, my thank blood. you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'll take yours, but you can't have any of mine. Oh, that's precious. Pat on the head. <laughs> it's great. It's, it's great. It's great. That kid. I like the doctor with the big scar. He's so cool with his super smart deaf daughter. They're great, and I'm so sad that they were casualties of this terrible man. <laughs> this, this devil. Yeah. So how do we move forward? What do we do about this, Alex? How do we guard against how how can we forget an episode? (laughs) Does anybody know? uh, Okay, we didn't even mention the like the visuals. We haven't even talked about the nonsense Stephen Moffat visuals that happen throughout this. He's just his favorite trick of just like fast forwarding the tape to make someone look like they have super speed. He does this a couple of times with Dracula, where he just like fast forwards, and this is a thing he's been doing since Jekyll. Like, it's not convincing, dude. It's stupid looking. But you know, he used some of the like Sherlocky visuals of like you know text messages are like displayed oh, floating yeah. in front of you, and which is fine. I mean, it's just a it's little the, hokey. It's the modern times. You have to, but. But the nine, though, that's the stupidest shit I've ever the seen. The door with the nine? Not the door. The room that is a nine. Remember once once Agatha realizes, oh, like, oh, I'm out. in room nine on the boat, and it zooms up, up, up to an aerial view, and the chamber that they have been in is shaped like a nine the whole time. It's like, you didn't have to do that, Steven. She just said she was in room nine. We get it. We get it. You you don't have to do it. There's no reveal if we couldn't have figured it out. I know. It's just a it's just a pointless like it was a nine the whole time. Like alright, fine. It's not a real room. <laughs> it's a vampire glamour. It's yeah, I just hated it. It was just like the dumbest choice. Just pointless. <sighs> You know, his performance is so good, and her performance is so good, and it deserved to be in a better written show. It deserved a better written show. Don't you dare. dare. watch don't episode you, three. No, well, I was going to say, Stephen, don't you dare touch Frankenstein. <laughs> I will come to your house. <laughs> I will. Stephen, you leave it alone. That's one of my favorite books of all time. You don't. Get it. You, you know don't get to have to. it. You don't get to have it, Steven. He's going to have a monster that solves crime. <laughs> <laughs> and a shady futuristic organization who's trying to repeat Dr. Frankenstein's experiments. It's going to be. For the, uh, the military. I'm writing a, it. <laughs> it's going to be an organization called Frankenstein. <laughs> no, it's got to be named after one of the other characters. No, no. Because it would be. Because if it's the doc. The, if the, if he's made by an organization. Oh yeah, no, I just mean I mean that there's going to be an organization trying to repeat Doctor Victor Frankenstein's okay. experiments I in the future. Be, I thought it would be a retelling rather, than, but if 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 you, yeah, gotcha. I'm on board. Both Jekyll and Dracula have the oh it happened in the past and with, now it's happening again yeah. in the present. 
It's like, so, oh, it's a, there's a book about it and it's real. Yeah. Turns out Victor Frankenstein was a real man. And the the monster was frozen in the ice in the Arctic all this time. And they <laughs> dug him up and thawed him out. And now they're trying to do it again. That's what, that's what it is. I wrote it. That's Stephen Moffat's Frankenstein. Don't you hate it? <laughs> Did you hate it? Don't you hate it? Yes. I hate it. Let's recommend good things. Okay. Pokemon. Everybody's playing it. I'm playing it. <laughs> That's one of them. Yeah. Is that it? Uh, can you ever forgive me? Mm. So if you do end up watching Dracula and you like Agatha, sure, the actress is in Can You Ever Forgive Me? Mm-hmm. She plays a lesbian bookstore owner all the and love interest to the main character. Which doesn't end well because... It's a drama. Because she's selling her forged letters. But it's good. It's queer crime with not... I mean, it's it's a drama. Yeah, it's a drama. It's a gay drama. You know how those go. Oh, my. I also have two recommendations. Um, Firstly, it is um, this video that i came across on youtube um by a creator i had never heard of and he really deserves some uh, attention that he's not um getting yet he's got pretty low viewership compared to similar youtubers he's called labor kyle and mm-hmm. he's clearly sort of a left tuber kind of guy and the video is Capitalism, Zizek, and the Compulsion to Enjoy. And it's a video about the video game We Happy Few. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's sort of a leftist reading, a Marxist-ish reading of We Happy Few, um, which... That's the one that's like the 60s The 60s, inspired. and yeah. it's yeah. like yeah. everyone yeah. takes the happy drug. Yeah. And you ate Yeah, you I watched a, a, like half of a playthrough of that. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, uh, and his take on it is very, very interesting. Um, so check him out because he really does deserve more viewership. Um, and then I've been watching, I started watching this very good Netflix original series called, uh, now I, I don't know how to say what it's called because it's like, it's got two titles would in one in English and one in Japanese. It's the same title. It's either called Giri slash Haji or Duty slash Shame. I think is the English one. And it's a really cool British Japanese drama about a policeman from Tokyo whose brother was mixed up with the Yakuza and died years ago. But now a murder has been committed connected to the Yakuza in London and his brother is the prime suspect and they think he's not really dead. And it's great. It's it's police drama. It's Yakuza. It's Japan. It's England. It's great stuff. <laughs> it's really good. Um, one of the main characters is um, Rodney, this adorable um, half-Japanese British um, prostitute. And he's great. He's helping out our detective friend finding his brother. And it's good. It's a good show with good writing. I have another thought about Dracula. Let's do it. Let's put a button on it. I, so I wanted Dracula to win. <laughs> you know? I mean... Like, why not? Okay, this is a very you thing, Alex. <laughs> if you like a character enough, it doesn't matter what atrocities they commit. You want them to win, yeah. regardless of what good people will suffer. Well, because it's interesting and fun. <laughs> it's fun. He's a mo- he's a literal man-eating monster. Yeah, not real though. That you but, want Agatha to lose. Well, but he's more powerful than her. Yeah, but that's why it's better that she win. It's more satisfying yeah. that she try. I like that him. she wins, but they could both win. They both died. So, and he did defeat her. Like he, you know, he did end up. You know, she had her plan to kill him, and it didn't work, and she died. And then she double died because she was possessing her descendant who was dying of cancer and died. Again. How did she have children again? She didn't. It was like a niece. Yeah. I'm shaking my head. <laughs> At least in Jekyll, where they're like, but but Henry Jekyll never had children. 
But Mr. Hyde did. Wink! Oh, so that's the twist there. But at least it's like, okay, but that's like still his body. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, we're done. We're fucking done. There's no more of this. Don't. I don't know. Just make your own go decisions. Away. You're adults. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe you're not adults. If you're not an adult, then go ask your parents if you can watch this show. <laughs> and they should tell you no. They should tell you no for various reasons. It's very gruesome, actually. Mm-hmm. He, like, eats up and rips apart one guy on the kitchen table in the boat, right? Yeah, he eviscerates him. He decapitates a nun. I, You know, th- there was a pretty good sort of visual foreshadowing of that. Uh-huh. It's the scene when she's like... um giving her very inspiring sermon, the, like, abbess. And there's, like, an a, like a, an, a distant aerial shot of the room where you can see all the nuns sort of in the pews, and there's a ceiling beam that is directly in front of her head. So it's like you just see her from the shoulders down, and then the next moment she's decapitated. And it's like, hey, that's real cinematography. <laughs> you did one cinematography. Congratulations. Good, good job. That's a cinematography. I noticed that this time. That does it for today's episode. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Anchor.fm, and Croaker. Croaker? Because the croaking frog. Oh, sure. That's probably Listen to your local frog. Your local frog. Yeah. I'm tired. <laughs> It's a magical spell that you cast. You yeah. do the ritual, and the frog will open his mouth, and this <laughs> will come horrifying. out. <laughs> Please rate and subscribe and review where you listen to us so more nerds can find us. We appreciate it, and it really makes a difference. Tell us what you thought about Dracula if you watched it on Twitter, at LitMeritPod. And thanks to Jonathan Colton for the use of our theme song, Fraud, from his album, Artificial Heart. Until next time. Remember, did did you you have have sexual sexual intercourse intercourse with with Count Count Dracula? Dracula?